jobs, jobs, jobs. Hi folks, it's Jennifer Granholm as the Secretary of Energy. That is the word I've probably said the most often as a member of President Biden's cabinet. Jobs, jobs, jobs is our mantra here at the Energy Department as we deliver on President Biden's Build Back Better agenda. That's climate action, energy justice, and a net zero future for the American people. So what are these clean energy jobs? Who does them? How are they trained? What kind of salary and benefits are we talking about here? Get the details and the stories of the people who are powering the clean energy sector and America. We're launching our new People Powered series to shed light on the enormous benefits in store for all kinds of people in all pockets of the country who join the clean energy workforce. What drives Americans to pursue clean energy careers? What does a day look like as a wind turbine inspector or a weatherization auditor or a communications professional or an energy sales rep? It's impossible not to get inspired by their stories and their passion and their surprising pathways to working in clean energy. We're diving deep with people who are working to deliver your electricity or to weatherize your home and protect your energy grid and put smart, clean energy policy on the books. You're going to hear their voices, you're going to hear their stories, you'll hear their backgrounds and their inspiration. It's all here in our People Powered series on Direct Current, an energy.gov podcast. It's science for the people. This is Direct Current. Hello and welcome to another episode of Direct Current. I'm your host, Matt Dozier, and as you just heard from Secretary Granholm, we have something very special for you today. This is the first episode in our brand new series on careers in clean energy. We're calling it People Powered, and we're going to introduce you to some remarkable folks doing the work that's driving our clean energy revolution, sometimes in surprising ways. We hope you find their stories eye-opening, inspiring, and maybe even motivating. In this episode, I sat down with Callie Moore, who found a path out of poverty in solar, one of the fastest growing sectors of the energy economy. We spoke about her journey, her passion for lifting up her community, and the ins and outs of big solar construction projects. All that and more coming up. My name is Callie Moore. I'm a construction manager with New Columbia Solar. And I live here in the District of Columbia. Tell me, if you could, a little about yourself, where you're from, family, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, I'm born and raised in Denver, Colorado, actually. I moved to California when I was about 16, and that's where I got into the solar industry when I was 19. Um, Stayed out there for a number of years, and then that industry actually brought me out here to the nation's capital. What were you doing in California before you came out east? I was working with a nonprofit organization called Grid Alternatives, and they actually provide job training and renewable energy technology uh, for right now solar to moderate to low income communities or marginalized communities. And so I started with them and they opened a DC office and we're doing commercial work. And uh, so at the time I was doing residential work in California with Grid. And I said, hey, you know, I've kind of plateaued in my career. I'm looking to elevate that. And DC was it. So I've been out here now going on five years. So that's kind of like on the career side and then outside of work. For the most part right now, just in school for volunteer firefighting. Not a ton of social life, but, you know, doing the good work. It's got to be tough when you've got that many commitments. I'm sure volunteer firefighting school takes up a good amount of time as well. 
It definitely does. Yes. So I've got about a month and a half left and then uh, I'll be certified in Maryland and nationally. Tell me about your job. Um, how would you explain it to somebody who doesn't know what you do? It's like, you know, family or friends. A lot of my job right now as a manager, you know, primarily is just managing the operations in terms of how things get to the field, you know, managing those relationships in the field, making sure that our client's happy, whether that's a school, whether that's um, an owner of an apartment complex, whether that's a homeowner, whoever that point of contact might be, making sure that we get equipment procured. So I work with our different teams in the company. You know, we have engineering department, we have the procurement department, and then we just have like the general warehouse. So a lot of my job is kind of being the conduit between those departments and making sure that we're having the conversation before we we mobilize and then getting everything to the job site, um, which would be a mobilization day. Um, And then, you know, for however long the project is, I'm visiting the site once a day for however long, how much ever attention the project might need. And I'm looking at the quality of the system. I'm making sure that it's going in per plan, per code, so that once we are saying, hey, this is good to go, we can flip the switch and the inspector comes out, that we're doing everything we're supposed to do. I wouldn't say that everybody does this, but I personally, you know, really like to, uh, just because I come from the background of an installer, I was on the roof for six years. So um, I like to pass on that knowledge. Uh, California definitely learned a lot about solar in, in ways that they don't totally know out here, just because it's still pretty new to the East Coast in terms of installation. And so we're kind of able to provide some like good best practices. And I love sharing that with people in the field, just helping train them and help them perform more efficiently and, and uh, just produce good quality work. So are you still, you know, getting up on the roof fairly often then? Yeah, I get up on the roof every day by any means necessary. Yeah, so it might be a ladder, might be a stairwell, might be an elevator if we're lucky. Uh, But yes, I go from the warehouse. Sometimes I work from home. Sometimes I'm running to a different warehouse to pick up some equipment from, say, like Capital Electric. And sometimes I'm on the roof, you know, looking around the city and, and seeing what's going on. I was going to ask you to describe a typical day. I think you've kind of done that. What what does a mobilization day look like for you? Oh, that's a great question. Mobilizations are, uh, those are the big days, right? There's a lot leading up to that day. You want to make sure you got all your ducks in a row, as they say. We're getting all the equipment together, and then we have that day to get everything right. So we've set our crane up, most likely. We've got like four or five trucks coming in. We're picking that equipment off of the truck with the crane. We're setting it on the roof. So that involves a lot of permits, a lot of road closure, a lot of coordination with the city and with neighbors around the project, making sure that they know, hey, we're about to come in, um, you know, are we going to interfere with anything that you might have going on it's not just the client it is it is your neighborhood then once you're there yeah it's just a lot of again just managing expectations and managing relationships so whether it's the crew that i have on site it's the neighbors it's the client it's keeping everybody happy is kind of my my main role and then providing you know all of the paperwork and, and details to the contractor on site and so we're you know, managing safety, we get our safety up first, we get everybody up on the roof, and then we start receiving material. We go through the material um, between me and, and somebody from the crew and just make sure, hey, this is what you're supposed to have on site, let's verify it's here. And then if anything's missing, we know. And usually to mobilize a, a project, it takes the whole day, and, and it, you, you know, we usually end up doing it on the weekend just to, to have the least amount of disturbance to you know, wherever we're installing, for the neighbors and for typically like a school or something. Yeah, what size projects are, are we talking typically? Is it a pretty wide range or you got, you know, mostly larger, smaller? 
New Columbia, yeah, we are doing incredible work in terms of scale. So I started with the company a little over a month ago, and the smallest project I've come across my plate is 170 kilowatt. Kilowatt being a thousand, so 170,000 watts of, of solar potential, all the way up to uh, we have a couple projects coming down the pipeline that are in megawatts. So it's we've we've got a, a very wide range. There was a smaller 30 panel system, so you're you know you're looking around like 20 kilowatts or so. So we, we don't typically install in the smaller range as a company, but definitely a lot of bigger systems, commercial size systems. Let's talk about your path into solar. How did you get into this industry? I love talking about this. I, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't grow up in the most stable home, both financially and physically. And uh, I was the first in my family to graduate high school. And upon graduation, you know, I thought I was going to go into the military. I thought that was going to be my long-term career goal, just because we didn't really talk about future in, in my household. And so there wasn't, you know, I didn't really have a mentor or somebody looking out for me saying, hey, you know, I think this would be a good idea. I went to enlist and I had braces and the army said, no. And I said, okay, well, I'll come back to you when I get them off. And I ended up having braces for seven years. So, wow. uh, but then I joined the, well, I went to college for about a month, community college, Butte College back in Chico, California. And I realized, hey, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I'm wasting my time and the professor's time. And that's not fair. And another student could be sitting here that really wants to be here. So then I said, well, I'm working at Arby's. I was working there from 15 until I was 18. Um, and I said to myself, I want a better future than what, I, what I've grown up around. And I want financial stability. I want to have some kind of skill set. I don't know what it is, but something that's going to move me forward in life, give me some kind of footwork. And so I started with the California Conservation Corps. And while I was there, a couple months in, there was a few presenters that came from Grid Alternatives. And they said, hey, we've got a year-long fellowship. It's through AmeriCorps. You don't have to have any skills. You just have to be eager and willing and show up on time, essentially. And uh, we'll put you on the roof and we'll train you. And I said, that's that's it. And for me, it had nothing to do with renewable energy. It had nothing to do with climate change. I actually knew nothing about that at the time. It was, I'm trying to help my mom pay bills and put food on the table. And I'm trying to propel myself forward. And I said, great, you're going to pay me for a year. I have steady income and I'm getting a solid skill. I love it. Uh, three months in, I realized, holy snap, I am in love with this organization. I'm in love with their mission. And wow, solar is incredible. And we can do incredible things with this technology. And, and that really changed my life forever. And here we are, you know, about nine years later and still in the industry. Well, came back to the industry. Um, I went to general construction for a little bit and... Yeah, it's uh, it's completely revolutionized my life and given me an opportunity to get out of survival mode and stop thinking just day to day, paycheck to paycheck, and really start thinking about a future and thinking outside of myself and how I can give back. Coming up after the break, how Callie's job in solar changed her life and her advice for others looking to get into the field right after this. Today, more than 200,000 people make up this solar energy workforce. At the Department of Energy, we want to see these figures keep rising. Our Solar Energy Technologies Office, which is part of the Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy, is dedicated to helping job seekers find opportunities they need to propel them into a solar career. Whether you want to learn more about training programs, fellowships and research projects, or you just want to explore what resources are available, 
they have everything you need to turn your dream of becoming part of the solar energy field into reality. Catch their resources at our STEM Rising website, energy.gov slash STEM. What specifically do you like about your job? Wow. Um, I love so much. Big question, I guess. <laughs> I, I really do. I really do love so much about my job. I'd say in my current role, my favorite part or the part that I, I enjoy the most is working in the chocolate city and knowing that though you know we need more representation throughout the industry as a whole whether that's BIPOC communities uh, whether that's women whether that's you know more gender fluid um, just kind of anything outside of cis white male you know yes we need to see more there however we are still installing renewable energy at a mass scale in the district of columbia and, you know, that's foreshadowing not only for the country as we're in Washington as capital, but also here in the District of Columbia in the Chocolate City to say, you know, hey, you're a part of this movement. And, you know, as a nation, we, you know, we can't, can't do it without you. And so I love that it's both a privilege and an incredible opportunity to work here in this city and um, to bring this training, to bring this technology, to bring the skills that I have um, to the table and to help people keep the lights on. You said that when you kind of first got your fellowship, that, that climate change, renewable energy, all of those things weren't at the top of mind uh, at all. What was that education process like? And, you know, how does it factor into your thinking these days? That's a great question. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, like I said, it just, it was like, I need, I need a paycheck. And climate change was yeah, not something that I was able to really think about. So, in terms of education, what I went in with, you know, I knew a little bit about construction, not a whole ton. My dad's a landscaper. So I worked with him some using power tools and heavy equipment. But outside of that, I'd never been on a rooftop unless it was hanging out on a rooftop, which is not the same as working on one. I'd never touched a solar panel. Um, I'd never made holes in a roof before. I'd never worked inside a, a main service panel, never worked with electricity before, except, you know, sticking out a battery to my tongue when I was a three-year-old, but that's a little different. Um, <laughs> So in terms of skills, they're really at an entry-level position. It, it is truly entry-level. It really just comes down to, are you willing and are you able? Of course, you know, you need to be able to move around. You need to be able to climb ladders. You need to be able to lift 50 pounds or so. But outside of that, I mean, when I worked with Grid Alternatives, we took anyone ages 16 and up. And I worked with people who had never touched a screwdriver in their life to master electricians and beyond. And every single one of those individuals would come to the job and leave knowing that they had accomplished a successful install and that they had a hand in it. If you could talk a little bit more about how your life is different now than it was when you first got into this industry and kind of what effects it's had on your, your life over that time. Mm. I mean, it brought me to the nation's capital. It got me out of poverty. It gave me a an outlook for something beyond, like I said, the day-to-day -day survival mode. I was able to really start planning for a future, which uh, for me, a future was, can I make it to next week? Can I make it to next month? And now I'm able to think a couple years out for myself, which is still a little overwhelming. However, it's possible. Um, I know that the industry is here and not going anywhere. So I know that I have job security. And unfortunately, climate change is, is evident and ongoing. And that also provides job security in a way that we don't necessarily want, however, it's there. And so for me, I mean, 
it's given me the opportunity to, yeah, just think beyond what am I going to eat today? And can I pay these bills and keep the lights on to, I don't have to be concerned about bills and I can instead think about my future and, and what I want to do with this career and how I can take what I've been given and think about how I can give that back to others. And that is, I mean, it's, it's revolutionary. My family fought every day about finances and I, since being in this industry, at least a few years in, because of course you start at the bottom tier, but after a little while, when you start making more and, and you, and you make your name in the industry, you don't have to worry about those things. Yeah. So you think you'll stick with it as, as a lifelong career or, you know, a career for the foreseeable future, at least? Definitely the foreseeable future. I would really like to see myself transition into, I could see myself becoming a trainer here in the district, you know, potentially working with the Infrastructure Academy or organizations like Grid Alternatives or, you know, partnering with them, whatever that might look like a couple years down the line, just because I think that's really where my heart's at. I love physically being on the roof, but I really care a lot about the representation in the industry and you know, I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that I'm, uh, you know, a transient white individual, regardless of how I identify in other capacities, and that, you know, it's a huge privilege to be working here in the city and the district, and that, yeah, I want to take the opportunity to pass it on. And in the very long haul, um, I see myself moving into emergency disaster response and management, and solar is obviously going to be a key player in that and how we combat climate change. Um, and... I think it's essential that the people on top making the calls understand what it's like to be boots on the roof. Absolutely. Advice for somebody who's interested in getting into a career in solar, you know, maybe doesn't have a, a ton of education or experience in the field and, and would like to follow a similar path as to one that you did. Hmm. It's really going to depend on where you live, just because solar isn't everywhere like it needs to be yet. The policy isn't quite there. So I would say, you know, it's definitely what type of work does the individual want to do? Because as you said, when we started this interview is, you know, I started as an installer on the construction side. However, there are many, many different arms to the industry. You know, maybe your sales, maybe your procurement, um, maybe your manufacturing, maybe you're the engineer. There are so many roles that keep this moving forward. I would say as an installer and speaking from that perspective, the best way to get involved, look if there's local training. If you don't have local training, look if there's a, a, a smaller company or even a larger company in your area that has entry-level positions and just apply and get some good clothing, um, get some pants that you're willing to get dirty, get some, get some shoes that you're willing to get dirty and just know you can do it. Know that it's going to be challenging, know that it's going to be new. But to me in this industry with, with what I've seen, with where I've worked, I don't see any entry-level barriers other than access. And so if you have the access in terms of if it's, if the jobs are in your area, if the training's in your area, seek it out. I, I just, overall, I, I've seen so many walks of life do this work and come together all the way from White House executives, all the way to, you know, grassroots, the homeowner, the individual um, on the ground. And I've seen all of those individuals, again, successfully complete an install. So if you're interested, know that you can do it. And it's, it really is just a matter of getting your foot in the door. Allie Moore, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Matt. That's all for this episode of Direct Current. We have tons of great stories coming your way in our people-powered series, so stay tuned for more. You can find all our episodes at energy.gov slash podcast or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
Thank you to my guest, Callie Moore, and the folks at New Columbia Solar. Anne-Marie Horowitz, Ashley Books, and our intern, Michaela Tillery, contributed to this episode. Direct Current is produced by me, Matt Dozier. Sarah Harmon creates original artwork for all of our episodes. This is a production of the U.S. Department of Energy and published from our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. See you next time.